Hello everyone, I'm Christopher Tan and welcome to Providence Money Wisdom, an original podcast inspired by my book Money Wisdom, Simple Truths for Financial Wellness. In this podcast, I'll be sharing simple financial truths to guide you in navigating through the minefields of misinformation and false promises in order to achieve financial security and peace of mind. How best to weather the storm? It was a bright and sunny day. You were walking through the jungle and on your way to your objective many kilometers away. And without warning, a big storm came raging. But like all good soldiers with only a mission in mind, you walked on, unclear of what lies ahead. As you continued walking, it became clearer what kind of damage this storm had caused to the route. You now had three choices. Firstly, continue the same route that has been marked out for you by your reconnaissance team. You may take longer to reach your destination as the storm may have caused fallen trees and other damages, but this route gives you a high certainty of reaching the objectives as it is a tried and tested route. Detour to a new route. It is more open with lesser obstacles, but because it is unmarked, there is a need to navigate and make decisions along the way. You may reach the objective on time if you make more right decisions than wrong ones, but the uncertainty is unknown because no one has walked it before. Or your third choice would be give up and turn back. How many times have you faced a decision like that? My team and I have had exactly the same dilemma. We had been on our way to achieving our clients' financial goals with good investment returns when out of the blue, a financial storm hit us. After a while, it became clear to us that this may not be a normal storm. What damages would it do to our client's objective and which route should we take? We have to go back in time, starting from 1900 to find out. Data dating this far back is hard to obtain, even with the wealth of information that we can find in Bloomberg. We have to make a trip to the library to get everything that we need. My investment team would spend many tireless days and nights working on it. We finally discovered this. There were three such big storms in history since 1900. The 1930 Great Depression, the 1970s stagflation, and the 1990s Japanese deflation. So let me first talk about the 1929 depression. After a period of excessive leverage for banks in the 1920s, the stock market crashed in 1929. Banks fell due to debt defaults and massive deposit withdrawals. Plunging assets and commodity prices led to hyper-priced deflation in the initial years. Dramatic stops in demand led to widespread unemployment and poverty. The government did not inject enough money into the banking system, creating a shortage in money supply. Banks become extremely conservative in their lending. The government worsened the situation by increasing taxes in 1932. The Dow recovered to the pre-crisis level only in July of 1954. 
The second one is the 1970s stagflation. In anticipation of price increases, people kept buying more goods. With more demand, wages were pushed up, leading to an upward price spiral. This worsened when oil prices soared during the oil crisis, caused by political tension in the Middle East in 1973. Excessively stimulative monetary policy sparked a runaway wage price spiral. Government borrowing pushed up interest rates and increased costs for borrowing. Business investments suffered and unemployment rates rose. The Federal Reserve chose to sharply hike interest rates into double digits from 1979 to 1983 to tame inflation. This caused the economy to fall into a recession until 1983. I don't know whether you find this familiar, but it seems like we are in the middle of something similar right now. But let me talk about the third one, the Japanese deflation starting from 1990s. Loose monetary policy sustained stock and property markets rallies in the 1980s. When the asset bubble burst in late 1989, the government took three to four years to increase government spending. Interest rates took almost nine years to come down to 0%. Stock markets and property markets crashed. Property prices declined between three and six years per annum through 1919 or rather 1990 to 1998. Banks did not write off the losses and the government sustained failing banks and businesses using subsidies, thus prolonging the crisis. During these three periods, equities did badly. Bonds gave decent returns during the Great Depression and the Japanese deflation. Commodities did well during the 1970s stagflationary environment. And using the historical returns of different asset classes during these three periods, we back-tested our diversified portfolios and it became very obvious. Our research showed that in the first 10 years, traditional diversified portfolios were categorized by inconsistent, extremely low and sometimes even negative annualized returns. It was only from the 10th year onwards that returns became consistent and stronger albeit still lower than what clients would require because of a lost decade of returns. Although returns were high during the stagflation period, inflation was also very high, so the real returns were nothing to shout about. Well, when I first wrote amid the heat of the 2008 crisis, my team asked, what are the chances of the current crisis being a big one, like one of the above three that I've just spoken about. Well, we believe that it was likely as the current downturn, at least at the time, was not the usual cyclical one or cyclical one, but one caused by many structural problems. There was excessive debt level amongst consumers and institutions. Financial and non-financial institutions were falling like dominoes in a pack. There was much fear in the environment and hoarding of monies. The crisis then had also spread all over the world, just like the jungle situation. And well, back in 2008, we had to deliberate and make a decision. 
So let's explore the three situations that you might be placed under and the decision that you might have to take. Or rather, at that point in time, when we were deliberating, we were telling our clients to deliberate the three situations that they might be placed under and the decisions that they might have to take back then. So situation one, you do not have enough time as you need the money very soon. Achieving your original financial goal is not important now. So the decision is get out of the market now and turn back. You can't take and don't need to take this risk. You need to review your financial plan to see how much you should get out. Situation two, you do not have enough time, but achieving your financial goal is very important. Well, the decision could be detour and take a new route. You are unable to ride out the volatility because the volatility may not work as there may not be sufficient returns if you have less than 10 to 15 years. Or perhaps let me be clearer. You are unable to ride out the volatility because this method may not work because you just don't have enough time. The new route entails navigating through this crisis, making decisions on which asset classes to be in. This is not a tested route, but you have no choice. You don't have time unless you are prepared to delay your financial goal. If you are in a stagflation scenario, you need to review your financial plan to make necessary changes. Situation 3. You have more than enough time or can delay the time in achieving financial goal. Then the decision would be continue with the current route of asset allocation, keep investing, ride the volatility. Although it takes a long time to reach your goal, this is the most tried and tested route. You will achieve your goal with high certainty as 100 years of history has shown us. However, you must be prepared that the returns will be lower than what you had originally expected as it is hard to catch up after a decade of lost returns. Well, to be clear, I was referring to the time back in 2008. So at that time, clients would then need to review their plans to make necessary changes. So in the context of early 2009, what if we were wrong and this was just a normal downturn that would recover in 2010 like what many optimists were predicting? In the 1930s, the US government scholars such as Irving Fisher and businessmen such as Henry Ford predicted an early recovery. They were humble. In the mid-1990s, the US government including Alan Greenspan and Robert Schiller from Yale forecasted an unsustainable bull run. The market ran for 13 years till 2000. Nope, we are not going to be in the business of predictions. That's gambling. Neither are we going to be naively optimistic or sadly pessimistic. We are in the business of putting in place processes to prepare for the worst, but keeping faith that this crisis will pass like all others. You will quickly realize that if a fast recovery comes, we will not be worse off than if we had not made a decision. Ever since our research conducted at the dawn of 2009, I became especially burdened by the advice our industry had been dishing out. Many were telling clients that 2009 would be a happy year. Stockbrokers were saying that this was the best time to trade stocks. Property agents were telling everyone to buy property and financial experts were asking everyone to stay invested, keep investing, ride the volatility and things would pan out. 
I must admit I was guilty of it too before I researched that is. Some were predicting where to put our money in 2009 as if we were only investing for a year. I just hoped all of us were not selling our wares just to keep business going. During the Vietnam War, many US POWs died at prison camp Hanoi Hilton because they all hoped and believed that they would get out by Good Friday, Easter, Thanksgiving, Christmas Day. But when these came and gone, soldiers died with a broken heart. Jim Collins wrote in his book Good to Great that one man by the name of Admiral Jim Stockdale survived because he never predicted when he would get out but lived each day confronting the brutal facts and yet retaining the unwavering faith that he would live to see light again. Napoleon Bonaparte once said, Take time to deliberate, but when time for action has arrived, stop thinking and go in. We have deliberated. The time has arrived. We now know which route to take and we are going in. Thank you for tuning in to Providence Money Wisdom. I will be back soon with the next episode. For more information on my book or Providence services, kindly visit Providence.com. I'll see you the next time. All analysis, views or opinions from interviews, recommendations and other information broadcasted, podcasted or published herein are provided for general information purposes only. Information expressed does not take into account any specific situation, particular needs or objectives and should not be construed as specific advice or a recommendation. Information has been obtained from sources that are deemed to be reliable, but their accuracy and completeness cannot be guaranteed. Always consult with a qualified investment, legal or tax professional before taking any action. Provident Limited does not accept any liability for any loss whatsoever arising from any use of the information broadcasted, podcasted or published herein. All contents and information contained herein may not be copied or reproduced in whole or in part by any means without prior written consent of Provident Limited.